Hello and welcome to episode two of the Coffee and Compounds podcast with me and the wonderful Summer. Uh, I've got coffee in hand, uh, as you'd expect, although it's cold and I've drank most of it. So um, yeah, it's one of those things. But today we are tackling, uh, well, we, we debated what to cover. Uh, we want to talk about relationships, relationships with food today and improving that. And we're going to focus our attention on uh, meal replacement shakes and not from the wider angle that we'll probably dig into further down the line in terms of people who aren't qualified that sell them. We're going to talk specifically about their place within the fitness industry and fitness professionals that push them and how they can negatively impact both performance results, but most importantly, your relationship with food. So that's what we are going to cover today. Before we get started, I will let Summer introduce herself and give a quick background for all those new listeners. And I will introduce myself and then we'll get into it. Yes, so good afternoon. Welcome to the Coffee and Compounds podcast. I too have a latte in hand or what's left of a latte in hand. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Summer on Instagram as at Summer Training. Um, so I, alongside Paul, am also an online fitness coach and one-to-one personal trainer. If you're new to the episodes, essentially this is going to be a series of podcasts just, you know, busting myths in the industry and coming from two personal trainers, you know, talking about our experience and how you can progress in your Over to Paul. Uh, yeah, so I'm Paul. Uh, as someone said, I'm an online PT. Um, and yeah, my, my role within the industry, I guess, is I've adopted the, uh, the approach of busting myths and calling bullshit on the stuff out there that's... Um, it's just not doing people any favors and where summer and i share an awful lot of uh, views and opinions we figured that it's probably a good time to start a little podcast and uh, discuss some of these in a bit more detail than you can in a in a simple post on insta so um yeah today we are tackling the meal replacement shakes most affectionately found off the back of a mlm and if you're new to that phrase it stands for multi-level marketing company um in layman's terms pyramid scheme um but in order to avoid uh making any <laughs> industry rules they're now deemed as multi-level marketing companies um and the reason why we want to tackle this is because there's there's a few of them out there and some of them are really big players and spend quite a lot of money as businesses on sponsorship and endorsements with celebrities that give the impression that they are a somehow superior uh, and are going to bring benefits to both training um, and also overall nutrition. And there's a, a common misconception with a lot of them is that, that they're, they're kind of essential to get to your goal. And, and what we want to address today is not just dispelling that myth that, that you don't actually need these products, but also dig into how detrimental they can be to your relationship with food. Because if there's one thing both of us have seen from our experience in the industry, it's that actually from a food perspective, disordered eating goes far deeper and far wider than just people who suffer from the conditions that are well-documented things like anorexia and bulimia disordered eating comes down to your overall relationship with food. And it has such an impact on your mental health and your happiness. And I think 
products such as the likes of Herbalife or Arbonne or Isogenics or Juice Plus, which are probably the big four, um, in my opinion, do far more damage to people's overall relationship with food than good. Um, and I think if we both share our own experiences with these products, um, we, we can start to dispel some of the myths and hopefully clear up some of the confusion that's perhaps leading people down the path of thinking these products are worth, A, worth the money and B, um, required. So, um, and if, if, it's, if it's all right with you, so I'll kick off with my experience because I've, uh, I've, I've tried a number yeah. of, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that pre becoming a, uh, a personal trainer, I've tried Herbalife, I've tried Isogenics uh, and I've spent a lot of money on both. Um, and I think the thing that I'm more embarrassed about is the amount of money that I spent in comparison to the results that I got. Um, I'm not afraid to say that I'll try different things and you know, look to, to better myself. I think the problem that I, I have with it is that having spent the money that I did, um, I, I, I got far worse results with, on the products than I ever have without them just by working on my overall nutrition. Um, and one of the, the biggest issues that I, I have with meal replacement products is they're very low calorie in general. And the emphasis, depending on which one you go with, is replacing anywhere between one or all of your meals throughout the day with, with what's a glorified smoothie, basically. Um, and they position themselves as being nutritionally superior and being able to deliver everything that your body needs in one low calorie shake. And I think it's really inappropriate to prey on people's general lack of understanding in terms of what good nutrition looks like and to try and convince people that this one shake could be all that you need. Um, and, and again, to give an example of this, a company that I haven't mentioned because it's not so much a multi-level marketing company is, is Huel and they do mirror replacement products. It's not an MLM, but I have just as much issue with them because if you go on their website, their whole mantra is that they, they feel that for sustainability of the planet and long-term, uh, people should move to their their shakes and, and not eat food and that to me is just madness and doesn't help with people's relationships so when I talk about relationships with food I don't just mean perceiving some foods as good and some foods as bad because we all have those perceptions and as much as my understanding now having qualified in nutrition is that actually there's no good and no bad foods. The reason why people think that is because you have nutrient dense food that's very low calorie, which people would determine as good food. So your fruits and your veg and that kind of thing. And then you've got more calorie dense food that's got less nutrients and less nutritional benefit to you. Um, and people would typically say that they're bad foods. And that's going to be your things like your, you know, your donuts and your heavily processed food and your fast food and your junk food and what have you. But the reality is, is there's no good or bad and you need a balance and a mix of everything. But adopting something like a meal replacement shake only plays into the narrative of you need to avoid certain things and you need to restrict your calorie intake very unsustainably in order to get results, which just isn't the truth. Um, we, we touched upon it in the first episode. And for those of you who haven't listened uh, and who are potentially new to fitness, if you're, 
regardless of what your goal is, if it's to lose weight, to stay the same or gain size, it all comes down to just managing your, your calorie intake and making sure that your energy balance, so the number of calories in versus out, is equal to your goal. So if you want to lose fat, less calories in than you're burning. If you want to stay the same, it has to be equal. If you want to gain size, it's more calories in than you're burning. And these are the kind of things that these products don't teach you. And what frustrates me from an industry perspective, so again, disregarding all of the people who aren't qualified that sell them, that's another subject for another day. Um, when you find fitness professionals selling these products and positioning them as the, the gateway to results and, and the, the key to getting success, it's completely misleading their clients. And it's actually teaching them the complete opposite of what they should be. As a fitness professional, they should be able to educate their clients on the core principle behind their goal and help them find a method to get there. The reason why most PTs adopt something like a Herbalife or Arbon, whoever it is, is typically because they're fucking shit at their job, can't get people results because they don't understand about basic nutrition enough. So they then shoehorn some fucking products and go, oh, well, actually, I don't need as many PT clients. If I just sell a bit of Herbalife and I, and I get four of my friends and family to sell Herbalife, suddenly my business is growing and I don't need to worry about as many clients. And it's like, well, what did you get in the game for? You got in the game to help educate people and train people to become fitter, active, healthier, improve their relationships with food. And instead you're selling them a bullshit milkshake and you're spending more time focusing on growing your business and i use the phrase business really loosely because it's not a business you're literally just a salesperson for somebody else's business um but you're trying to build your business by roping other people in to sell it and something i've maintained all of my pt and career is that if you're if somebody comes to you and wants to lose weight for example your professionalism in helping them shouldn't come with a business opportunity attached if i went to the doctor and said i've got syphilis and he said yeah you need to take this cream and these tablets and whilst you're here, I've got a great business opportunity. I'd be like, what the fuck are you? You're not a doctor. Why are you trying to sell me a fucking business? But apparently in the fitness industry, it's okay. Um, so going on a bit of a rant and a tangent here actually, but um, and I, I will let Summer talk in a minute. I'm conscious that I'm just diving into this, but what I really want to dig into- I'm loving it, I'm loving it. <laughs> what I hope we can dig into today is that actually, if you restrict your calories and you restrict the amount of food you can actually eat, you're damaging your own relationship with food because you, you will become scared to eat anything. You'll feel like you're only allowed one meal a day where you eat actual food. You'll feel like you're only able to eat certain foods up to a certain calorie value with that one meal a day. And you start to experience so much guilt and so much shame in terms of if you deviate from the plan that all you're actually doing is deepening the hole and, taking yourself further away from understanding the core mechanics behind what you want to achieve. And that for me is what makes it worse when it's a fitness professional selling one of these products is the fact that they should know and should be educated enough to have their qualification in the first place to know the basics behind each and every individual's goal that they work with. And if they're not able to articulate that in a manner that makes it sound as easy as it should be and they need to mask it with a fucking shake or a fizz stick or a tablet or a tea then that speaks volumes about their ability and their own understanding and i think it's fucking shameful um, if you consider 
fixing nutrition and your understanding of nutrition as an axe wound. If your, your knowledge as an individual is you don't know anything, you're going into it completely plain. What's basically happened is somebody has taken an ax to your leg and you've got a massive gaping gash in your leg and it's fucking blood's going everywhere. And what these shit PTs who are selling these products are doing is coming up to you going, I've got a plaster. If we just put that plaster over that cut, you'll, you'll be fine. And do you know what? For, for five or 10 minutes, you'll look at it and go, Jab, plaster's done the job there. I can't see the bone anymore. It's, it's not fine. But what happened five, 10 minutes later is because it's an ax wound. It's a proper injury. It bleeds through the plaster. The plaster falls off. You haven't fixed anything because you haven't addressed the underlying issue is that you don't know enough about your own nutrition. Your relationship with food in general is, is poor because you currently don't understand that what you're eating is more than what you're burning and how to bring that in line. And instead of addressing that, so that you can lead a much happier lifestyle so that you can start to make decisions for yourself, enjoy your life, but not eat yourself into an early grave. All you're doing is going, Oh, I'll just stick a plaster over it and we'll hate for the fucking best. Um, so yeah, so that <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a long winded introduction into what we're going to dig into today, but this is where we're coming from for this so summer. I'm going to hand over to you um, because I know you've got similar experiences to me and you've tried different things. So I'd love to hear about how it made you feel and, and what the impact was. Yeah, for sure. So absolutely love everything you said there. And, and it touches on points really nicely that I'm going to go into in a second. So for me, I think when I was at my lowest in terms of knowledge and probably mental health, that was when I looked to products like these to get the results that I wanted. Um, there was a few reasons around that. I think, um, as you mentioned, celebrity endorsements. Uh, you see, you know, this fit person from, God knows what TV show, um, using using the shake. You think, okay, yeah, if they use it, they they look great. That's obviously how they've got that result. Another one is the emphasis on how quick you'll get the results. So I don't know if you've noticed. I'm sure you have. I don't know if, if listeners have about the fact that these meal replacement shakes, these detoxes, they're always 30 days they're always four weeks they're always you'll get your dream body in a month's time now you need to put in the fucking work to get to your dream body it's not going to take 30 days it, it's but, never going to take 30 days let's face it it didn't take 30 days to get to a point where somebody's decided they need to do something about it so expecting it yeah. to take 30 days to correct what you've done over the last few years is a bit fucking stupid yeah, exactly right. And a lot of the time in their marketing strategies and programs, it's always based around a short term fix. And naturally, we're a very impatient generation, you know, things don't take long to, to come around anymore. But when it comes to your physique and building your relationship with food and improving your mental health, it's not something that's going to happen over a 30 day period. So that's my kind of first rant about it. And um, <laughs> aside, aside from that, I think just the lack of education that came with it. I personally just wanted to lose weight at the point in time where I tried, gosh, I tried Arbon, I tried Herbalife, I tried um, Protein World, which we haven't touched on, which is, again, it's not an MLM as such, but it's still meal replacement shakes, um, Zanti diet, God knows, all of these sorts of things. And what what kind of got me is okay so they say replace your 700 calorie breakfast with a 200 calorie shake 
Now, nothing was ever mentioned about the fact that it was creating a calorie deficit. And if any results I was going to get, any weight I was going to lose was from that deficit, not the shake that I was drinking in the morning. And I think if somebody has sat me down five years sooner and said, look, Summer, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Keep your protein high if, if you want to build a bit of muscle and want to feel good. Then it would have completely mitigated me falling for any of this bullshit. But instead, as a way of making money, they hold you at arm's length from what's actually happening and put this product like in the middle. So, you know, backstage, they know it's just creating a calorie deficit, but they think, oh shit, we can't make money off of just telling people to create a calorie deficit. Well, how can we make money? Oh, we'll brand a shake, we'll brand a coffee. Um, and it really is just about lining people's pockets. And I hate to say it, but again, the reps, they get paid off of selling you products, recruiting people into the program. And it really just is about financial gain. They, they don't give a fuck about your health or your relationship with food. Because when you go into something like this and you're used to drinking a 200 calorie shake for breakfast, you then feel absolutely petrified to start eating normally again. And I know that I felt like that, that I got so mindful of my calories, I would aim for stupidly low calories every day because I just assumed that that was the only way that I was going to maintain or even reach a result in the first place. Um, training wise, it made me feel absolutely awful, had no energy. And again, I'm somebody now that absolutely advises weightlifting for pretty much everyone no matter what your physique goal is there's always a place for a resistance training program um unless you want to be running marathons and fine but you know for, for the general public weight training is is going to complement whatever your goal is and when i was doing things like this i didn't have the energy to hold a conversation let alone go and lift weights or get stronger or feel better um and touching back onto the mental health side of it, if you actually look at the celebrities that they get to endorse their products, there might be the odd few that were seriously overweight and then they did this amazing transformation which was taken 10 seconds apart. But a lot of the time, the people they're getting to endorse these products aren't in bad shape anyway. So it makes you think, it's almost preying on your insecurity that if this... I don't know, 50 kilo Love Island model feels like she needs to lose weight. God, well, I'm a lot heavier than that. Like I definitely need to lose weight and she uses that product. And I think that's more coming in from their marketing strategy side, but they're very clever with who they select. You know, they select people that are already in great shape just to then kind of stick their name on it, pay them whatever a post. Same with Cristiano Ronaldo and Herbalife. Now, are you telling me that Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't fucking nail his nutrition anyway? You know? Like, about to, what's that all about? Literally about to talk about this. And the range of products that actually have his name on it are basically just supplements that you could buy from the Protein Works or My Protein. It's, it's mostly like a pre-workout. It's post-workout protein shakes that kind of stuff it's not the typical meal replacement that Herbalife always sell but they trade off of his name mm -hmm. you speak to anyone from Herbalife Ronaldo uses it whoever uses it yeah I guarantee <laughs> you that Cristiano Ronaldo 
best, most expensive, highest commodity in football other than Lionel Messi is not basing the fundamentals of his nutrition around Herbalife. He's not waking up in the morning going, I need my healthy breakfast shake. And then at lunchtime going, I need my healthy breakfast shake for lunch. Like his food will be planned out by his fucking dietitian, who is appointed yeah. probably by his agent because he needs to be in the best condition. The reason why Ronaldo is 35 and still breaking records week in and week out in football is not because he does Herbalife. It's because he has a team and an army of people who ensure that he eats, he trains, he rests, he sleeps, he lives and breathes everything that's going to be beneficial to his sport. The fact that he, he's, his face is on Herbalife is because they pay him well enough to put his face there for the same reason that he sells a fucking abs belt that apparently gives you electric shock pulses and gives you abs. That's not how he got a six pack. He got a six pack <laughs> and six hours a day fucking training. And he nails I'm running body. round and yeah. just like, yeah. It's absurd. Celebrities will stick their face on anything if the price is right. And don't get me wrong, I fucking cannot stand Herbalife and Ronaldo is my favourite footballer of all time. And I mm -hmm. do not judge him at all for having his name on a range of Herbalife products because if I was him and I was the fucking top footballer in the world, making an absolute packet, and a company like that said Few, extra few million quid just to have your face or something i'd be like yeah fucking chuck, chuck it on there <laughs> any day of the week yeah, yeah do i have to use it and you don't sir brilliant put my face on there no just we'll give you yeah we'll give you a million pound a post be like yeah i'll put you on my story every fucking morning do you know what i mean and and that that's the sad reality of it i'm glad that we can have a laugh and joke about it but like there are people that genuinely think this stuff is true yeah you know and they, they think that these these athletes, these celebrities got their physique just by using this shake. And it mentions nothing about training, which, again, blows my mind. Um, and alongside that, just there's nothing about calorie deficit. There's nothing about, you know, keeping a high protein intake or macro tracking, however you decide to, to kind of weigh things out and, and manage your nutrition. But... Yeah, I didn't have the best experience with it, as you can probably imagine. And I think it took me a long time of trial and error and thinking, you know, can I live without these products? Because essentially they're designed to make you feel like you can't live without them and you can't get results without them. So you really do have to take some time to educate yourself. That is such a your point as well, is the fact that, and again, we, th 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 this is subjects for other episodes further down the line, but it's all about creating an unhealthy dependency on the products. The way that they make their money is you go in, you spend a load of money, you use some products, you get some very quick results because ultimately what they put you on is the most unsustainable calorie deficit. If you follow, for example, Isogenics, if you follow their philosophy of you do two shakes a day plus a 500 calorie meal for dinner and then every either once a week or two days every week you do what they call a cleanse day where you, basically it's a water fast uh, it works out that you're having on average about 600 calories 700 calories a day which the last time i checked isn't enough so you'll get great results straight away <laughs> body will basically drop loads of stored water you'll get rid of loads of stored like loads of glycogen drop a load of weight and feel like you've done well and then you'll realize that you can't stick with it. So you quit. Everything goes back on because you've learned fuck all. 
So then you're conditioned to believe that you need those products to achieve. And the trouble is, and the reason why it's so damaging to the underlying relationship with food is the fact that the way both Summer and I coach is around finding the most sustainable approach that somebody can enjoy and stick to long-term. And there's one key underlying fact as to why we do that. It's because if you take your calories too low for too long, not only is it unsustainable, so you won't enjoy, you won't stick to it, but you're damaging your overall health because if you're not putting enough into your body by such a long way, it cannot do the, it cannot go through the processes and the functions it needs to day to day just to keep you alive. Now, very short term, yeah, take, you can take your calories low using the example of people who fast. It's not for me, but some people go a day or two or a week without eating. And do you know what? They don't die because it's short term. But if you were to adopt the process long term of being on about 700 calories, your body will get to a point where it sits there and it goes, I cannot do everything I need to with this amount of energy and that's when stuff starts to go wrong because your body will start to determine what can i live without and certain processes don't happen as effectively certain things don't work in the same way as they used to and again from a female perspective things like if you take your calories way too low you take your body fat way too low you you can lose your menstrual cycle you can like you can really fuck your body up in terms of your ability to have children further down the line because your body is like well, I can't, I, I, I can't cope. I cannot bear a child at the moment. And, and it can take years. And I mean like five, 10 years or more to get your body back to where it should be. And this is why it's to me, why it's so damaging is it's not just teaching people that you can, to get to your results, you just need to go to the extremes. It's making people scared to eat actual food. It's making people scared to go above what is effectively a very unhealthily low amount of calories, which just plays into the narrative of making people believe they A, need to be super skinny, they B, aren't able to eat at all, let alone certain foods to get to where they want to be. We're just conditioning society to think the opposite of, of what the reality is. And, and for me, I, I, find it, I find it worrying. As somebody who's I've, you know, I've been on both sides of the scale. I struggled to put on size when I was younger. I was always very, very thin. And thanks to getting old and uh, you know, slowing of my metabolism and then injuries, I also then got fat. And having had to lose weight, I've seen both sides of the scale. And do you know what? There's nothing scarier from my perspective than, than knowing that there are a lot of people out there desperate for help who already don't know what to do, who are being encouraged to fear certain foods and to avoid certain mm -hmm. foods is long-term, even if they reach their goal and, and they get to a point where they look at themselves and go, I'm happy with how I am. They will feel petrified to move away from what they're doing. And from a, from a longevity perspective, from a mental health perspective, if you're creating that level of dependency on a system, on a product, and you're creating that level of fear and that level of, guilt and shame if you deviate from the plan you're not helping people with their their health and their fitness what you're doing is you're getting people skinny at the expense of their mental health and their mental fitness and i've always maintained that there are we, we've got mental health and we've got physical health you can live a lot longer in life 
with poor physical health than you can with poor mental health. If you have, if your mental health is bad, you have no life. If your physical mm-hmm. is bad, you can always adapt and overcome. And I think people who have gone through, who you know, people who are disabled, you've only got to look at like the Paralympics, for example, to see that people who have got what is typically perceived as poor physical health and implications on their physical health, you can still achieve incredible things. But somebody who has got poor mental health, it, it, it literally it's it destroys it's, lives and it kills yeah. way too many people. And my biggest concern, my biggest fear is products like this are focused purely on two things. They're focused on rapid results to lure people in and they're focused on building their business and it's at the expense of people's mental health because all they are doing is widening the gap and deepening the, the hole that people fall into in terms of their poor relationship with food. If your relationship mm-hmm. is bad enough that you've ended up overweight or obese to a point where you're like, I need to do something about this, fixing it by going to the extreme and trying to avoid food at all costs apart from one meal a day isn't fixing the problem. The relationship with food is bad enough because the understanding of what you should and shouldn't be eating or how much of certain foods you should be eating compared to how you move is what's missing. Replacing that with just following a mirror placement shake twice a day and a very low calorie dinner does not address the issue that's underlying. It purely adds another layer of misunderstanding, another layer of having a poor relationship with food in general that further down the line is going to create bigger issues. What, as an industry, I would love to see all professionals doing is not using products to get people in, not trying to build a side business and a side hustle, is actually trying to get people to realize that you don't need to make drastic changes to the diet that you have. You don't need to cut out the food that you enjoy that have got you to a point where you've gained more weight than you're happy with. You just need to understand what your body needs versus what you, what you want. And there's often the biggest difference is people don't quite understand the difference between need and want. And they go, oh, I need to eat that or I need to avoid that. No, what you mean is you want to. To need something means that without its existence, you'll die. To want something means that it will improve how you, you know, your, your potential happiness and your enjoyment of a situation if it is there. But if it is not there, it won't kill you. And that's where this is where we need to ha- try and help people get to from a mindset perspective with the concept of dieting is that this isn't a battle of wits between what you need and what you want. This is, this is getting to a basic level of understanding of what, what you expend in terms of calories every day, in terms of your energy output, and understanding how to incorporate the food you enjoy into a balanced, nutritious, nutritionally rounded diet that falls in line with what you're trying to achieve. And if it's trying to drop body fat, there is a small amount of calories per day less than what you're burning so that over a longer period of time, you can get longer, more sustainable success. I've always maintained the reason why people lose body fat is not because they enjoyed getting fat in the first place that they want to do it again. It's because they hate how they feel. So adopting a method that's going to get you rapid results, but in three months time, we'll see you back at square one to me is fucking pointless. Adopting a method that takes 12 months, but actually ends up lasting a lifetime 
is what we should all be striving for. And that only comes by addressing the underlying issues with regards to relationships with food, the ability to eat things without feeling guilty, the ability to be able to enjoy Definitely. food. If you're, if you go over your calories one day or for a week, that that's okay. That's part of leading a normal lifestyle. As long as the majority of the time you're doing the right things. Like nobody is ever perfect in life. Take driving, for example. Nobody ever sticks to the speed limit 100% of the time. What you make sure that you, that you do is that if you see a police car or a speed camera, you go for it at the right speed. And the rest of the time, you're there or thereabouts. And it's the same kind of thing with your food. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be driving at 30 every time you're in a 30 zone. You just need to make sure that ultimately, the majority of the time, you're, you're when going it matters. to the right speed. And when you want to see performance results in terms of not getting caught speeding you're going the right speed and if you're going a bit quick again using speed as an example if you're on the motorway and you're you're doing an average speed zone yeah, make sure that you're averaging the fucking 50 mile an hour limit and not going through the first half at 100 miles an hour and then thinking that it's going to be fine if you just drop back to 60 you know, it's not going to work so um so yeah so that's that's I think for me, that's, that's the importance here is, is trying to get people to really understand that a, an appropriate and a healthy relationship with food isn't about restriction. It's not about elimination. It's about understanding and trying to incorporate what you like in a pressure-free environment so that if you have days where you go over or you eat stuff that is labeled as bad in, in, in the media, that you don't, you don't feel like you need to freak out and, and stop everything that you're doing. <laughs> Um, because that's the key to long-term success is, is finding the method you can stick to and enjoy long-term and adopting a meal replacement shake. That's going to give you 500 calories across two meals plus 400 calories for dinner. That's never going to be a long-term pro like process you can follow, um, without completely fucking your ability to eat anything. Your head. Definitely. And I think if you're even looking at a diet and it's got the words restrict, eliminate, don't eat this, just fuck it off. Like yeah. that is honestly, and it's, it's straight to the point, but you know, I know that like you can get, and oh, another thing actually is if you see the word lifestyle. Now, this is something that MLMs have taken into their vocabulary to label what they're doing as sustainable. And I've seen it before and, you know, I've seen it where it says, yeah, you need to avoid dairy, sugar, coffee, caffeine, wheat, gluten, but it's a lifestyle. Um, and again, back to my first point, if, if anything says, if, if any of these diets say avoid, restrict, just know that they haven't got your best interests at heart. Um, there really is no need to restrict absolutely anything. And the, the way that you're going to reach your goals is just by building that knowledge, building that understanding of that actually you can get away with having a glass of wine on the weekend. You can get away with having dark chocolate in your oats in the morning. And something that we talk about a lot within my coaching program is what we call a bounce back rate, which essentially means, you know, if you have a night or you have a weekend where you go a little bit overboard, that's fine. That happens, shit happens. But when are you getting back on? When are you getting back on track? Because something that trips people up and especially after doing something like meal replacements or extremely low calorie diets. And I know it, I've been there, you know, you do a 1200 calorie diet for four weeks. 
you binge out you binge out afterwards you eat everything you've been deprived of the stuff i mentioned like dairy sugar alcohol coffee i'll be doing that in one sitting if i know that i haven't been able to have it for four weeks so the bounce back rate essentially is just how long does it take you to get your shit together from binging to getting back to being consistent because the shorter that time frame is the easier your life is going to be and the example i make of that is if you're going to have a tub of ice cream in the evening um is that then going to lead you to a weekend of binging or a week of binging where actually if you didn't feel guilty for having that ice cream you didn't feel restricted from having that ice cream you could have just had you know two scoops and then been back on track the next day and the sooner that we address that it's the it's the consistency over everything i think we'll be in a better place as an industry as a whole when we address the fact that it's absolutely fine for you to enjoy your diet it's fine for you to enjoy your nights out you shouldn't be scared to go out for date night because of calories like it's and we've been really conditioned that it's almost and forgive me for saying this but it's almost trendy to be on a diet okay and stick with me when i say that because i think people almost know what they need to be doing but it doesn't sound very sexy to just say we'll be in a calorie deficit eat what you want in moderation make sure you're tracking eat you know 300 to 500 less than than your maintenance and and you'll be in a good place but because it's almost too simple i think people feel like they need to overcomplicate it and be like well no you need to restrict that and you need to do that and it's almost as though if you went out with your friends on or with the girls on a, on a meal out and you were sat there eating a burger and they said oh well i thought you were on a diet You'd, do you know it's that diet culture and yeah. it's something that we really need to sort out yeah i completely agree and i think you've you've hit the nail on the head that and, and this is led not by what people need to be doing it's led by like the media and the common perception that to drop body weight or to drop body fat and to get fit and healthy you have to go to the extremes it's always if you look back over the last like 50 years every single diet that's ever been publicized as being the next big thing for fat loss has been really fucking restrictive and it, it mm -hmm. involves avoiding so much food and the reality of it is is that that doesn't fix that doesn't solve the issue going back to my analogy of the the axe wound with the plaster that's you are literally just masking the problem short term by going, oh, if I just do this for now, I'll get into X shape. But you, do, you then don't know how to keep it. You don't know how to maintain it and sustain mm -hmm. it. So you get back to what is a reasonably healthy size and weight and you go, brilliant, I can go back to normal. But the problem is, is it, normal is where the issue lies. The lack of understanding of basic... It's your normal you have to work on. Yeah. It means that you have no idea how to sustain it. So within a few months, you go back. The, the statistics on the amount of people who gain back, like after significant weight loss, who gain back all of the weight and some within the first six to 12 months, it's like, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's, it's high. It's like 80% plus. And that mm -hmm. purely comes from the fact that people don't understand the mechanics behind it because all they're conditioned to do is, is find rapid results and that you know this this is this is what needs to be addressed and you, you completely hit the nail on yeah. society in general is is 
not helping it because the minute you and you eat anything that's deemed bad you get that oh i thought you were on a diet well yeah i am but one day <laughs> doesn't make a summer if i if i go out and have a fucking burger and i have a few few thousand calories more than i should on a saturday big fucking deal if it's just the one time on a saturday that's not going to kill me nobody was perfect for six months and had one day where they ate like shit and, and didn't get results because of it like it's everything in moderation everything in balance and i feel like as an industry that is probably the biggest thing that needs to be addressed when dealing with with people and, and again we, we've spoken quite a bit about relationships with food and i feel like it all potentially it's feels like it might even be angled more at at women because again eating disorders are, t- are typically a, attributed more to to women because there's a lot of social pressure to look a particular way but this affects everybody this affects guys this as well in in terms of the pressure to feel like if you need to lose weight you have to go to the extremes you have to avoid certain stuff you have to cut things out Mm -hmm. end up with completely fucked relationships with food and the inability to enjoy certain food purely because they feel like that they shouldn't be having it and it's not that you shouldn't have it it's just that until this point you've probably had it a little too much and in too big a quantities and if you're you know and again helping people rather than saying oh instead of avoiding everything altogether and just doing this shake working with people to say actually have you considered this as an alternative using ice cream as an example a tub of ben and jerry's is going to set you back like two thousand calories and there are plenty of people who would sit and eat a tub of ben and jerry's in one sitting and think nothing about it and wonder Mm -hmm. why they struggle to maintain weight or they struggle to lose weight but there's an there's alternatives out there like halo top which all right team halo top over here yeah it might be a little bit more expensive but an entire tub is going to set you back like 300 calories well i'm not being funny it's quite easy to to find 300 calories in your in your diet of a day without having to avoid too much without having to be too restrictive and it's like if people understood that there are better alternatives out there they would be able to manage things even better. And if they equally understood that, you know what, if you do have the odd day here and there where you eat an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's, you're not going to fuck it. You're not going to ruin everything. You're not going to wake up the next day and suddenly be fat again. Like it doesn't work like that. Like people get into a condition where they need to lose weight because over a long period of time, they've consistently overeaten. It's the same with trying to drop body fat trying to or trying to gain size or whatever your goal is it you it requires consistent action over a long period of time doing it just once isn't going to work having one salad or not eating for one day doesn't mean you drop any body fat like you need to find a sustainable method that you can do long term and make it a lifestyle and you need to be encouraged to not hit the fuck it button if you (laughs) deviate from the plan and again an example i use of, of this is try and help people with their relationship with food you're never going to be perfect you are going to have days where something happens in life and you just want to go and comfort eat now what most people do unfortunately because we're conditioned to think you have to be perfect all the time is that if you have something that is higher calorie or deemed as bad whether it's like a donut or a bit of cake or you have fish and chips or whatever it is or you've had a bad day and you have a tub of ice cream People think they fucked everything up because their, their notion that they buy into is, is this 
ideal of being perfect. So what they end up doing is go, I've really fucked up today. And some of you touched upon it. And that one day ends up becoming a weekend, which then becomes a week Mm -hmm. because you keep thinking, oh, I fucked it. Oh, what's the point? I give up. And if you apply the logic, that logic to walking into your kitchen, you go to the cupboard to get a glass out and you drop the glass on the floor. If you apply the same fuck it logic to that, you would then look at the, look at your cupboard with like 40 glasses in and go, I've just smashed one. I'll empty the entire cupboard on the fucking floor. Now, <laughs> yeah. that was your, if that was your <laughs> response and reaction to smashing a glass, friends and family would be having serious conversations with you about seeking some form of help because that's not a rational way to deal with breaking a glass. And it's the, it should be the same with food. We should be comfortable enough to know that every now and then we're going to break something, but it doesn't have to be the end of everything. Like you can, again, you spoke about bounce back rates. As long as, as long as you understand that that one moment of indulgence at the very worst case may delay, delay progress by a fraction. And I mean a really small fraction of time in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, you'll feel much more comfortable doing it. And that's not to give people the green light that you can just go and eat like an absolute arsehole and expect to lose weight. But at the end of the day, if you want to have a takeaway once a week, there are ways that you can make it fit within what your body needs calories wise, so that you can enjoy a takeaway once a week, not feel guilty about it and not fuck things up. But there's not enough education in the, in, about it in the industry. There's too many people out there who want to slap a fucking product on to reel a few people in. And yeah, it needs a bit of work. So again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that from this conversation, from us two in this podcast, that people will be listening to it going, okay, cool. So actually, I want to lose a bit of weight. I want to get in better shape. I want to add a bit of muscle. I want to change my body composition how do I need to be eating to do it? Not what do I need to buy to get me there? Because that, yeah, the biggest red flag that you should have with yourself, if your initial thoughts, when you identify a goal in terms of how you want to look and feel from a health and aesthetics perspective, if your first thought is what, do, what do I need to buy to get there? You've already approached it from the wrong angle. This, yeah. A healthy body, a healthy relationship with food, a healthy relationship with the gym, general good health and a physique and an aesthetic look that comes off the back of that doesn't come from throwing money at it. It comes from consistency, understanding the basics and applying it in the way that you can enjoy most. You know, we've spoken about um, on the last um, podcast, we spoke about it a little bit in terms of training and you've mentioned it somewhere about obviously your know, weight training bit should be like the fundamental of everybody's um, of their training, regardless of the goal. But on, on the flip side, if, if your goal is to just drop body fat and you absolutely hate lifting weights, then do you know what you, all you need to be in is a calorie. <laughs> just <rest>. do steps. <laughs> yeah, do the exercise that you enjoy. If you hate running, don't go running. It's the same with your food. It's the same with your diet. If, if you hate the thought of cutting out certain foods long-term, if you look at a diet and you think, oh, I might try this, and you can't see yourself doing it and enjoying it this time next year, don't do it. Like There are millions of methods out there. There are 8 billion people on the planet. No two are the same. Stop trying to use something that's worked for millions of people before because you're not millions of people. You're one person, you have your own likes, your own dislikes, your own goal, 
and you just need to understand the principle behind it and the best way to apply that principle for you. And that's that I would love the fitness industry to be full of people who help educate people on that and help them understand what is the best approach for them rather than it's basically become a bit like politics in that people pick a side and then they just, yeah. they just shout the message of the side that they've picked until they're <laughs> in the face. And it's like, Oh, you want to lose fat? You need to cut carbs, cut carbs. Or, Oh, you need to do mirror place with shakes or, Oh, you need fucking skinny tea. And I thought, no, you don't need this shit. You don't need any of it. Stop, just because you did it and you enjoyed it. Like, doesn't mean to say everybody needs to do it it's all about trying to work with individuals because i think if we can address the underlying void between knowing what we should be doing and how to manage our our calorie intake in line with our health and our goals if we can balance that with getting people to become self-sufficient in that approach like as a as a global society people will start to get like slimmer. We'll start to get healthier. We'll start to enjoy their food more. We'll start to be more creative with what they cook and what they eat. And ultimately people, we, we will stop being a global population of people who are getting fatter and we'll start to literally shrink that and reverse it. So that actually further down the line, if things like coronavirus happens again, less of the world's population will need to be locked up for a long period of time because less of them will be in the at-risk category. And, and that for me is, again, it's a bit of an underlying elephant in the room is the fact that we've, most countries in the world have spent six months or more of this year locked in their own houses because the majority of people in the population have eaten themselves into a high-risk category. And it's madness that as, an, as a society, we don't understand how to lead a healthy lifestyle. If you own a car, you know if it needs petrol or diesel, and you know it needs oil in the engine, and you keep those things topped up so that your car keeps working. Yet our own body that we get one of, that we can't replace, 90% of people have no fucking clue what to put into it in order yeah. to get it live and keep it working properly. And yeah, I think it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think... Another thing to add on to that is that like it does take work and you do need to you do need to actively try and understand it. And likewise, you know, at school we're taught maths, English, science, history, geography, but there's a few things we're not taught about. And I think mindset, finance and well-being is one of those. You know, we're not really taught at school um the fundamentals of training and nutrition we're told to do an eight minute run which i absolutely used to hate half of us used to sneak around the back and go and have a cigarette anyway do you know what i mean like it's we were never actually taught how how to look after ourselves and and again the mental health aspect that blows my mind that that's not even touched on the curriculum but i think the reason why so many people buy into things like you know the short-term diets the meal replacements is because they're almost in it's not even denial it's just i hate to say it but being slightly lazy and thinking right if i buy that that will solve my problem i didn't i don't need to think about it then and it's like first of all they refuse to believe that they have a problem with their understanding because you know you never want to admit that you're not knowledgeable on a subject or you don't actually understand the way that your own body works so they think right if i just throw a bit of money at it it will shut up and it's like having you know it's like having a bratty child in my opinion don't have children but put it this way if i had a child and it just 
didn't stop screaming at me. You see it all the time. Parents buy it stuff. They're like, oh, it'll be quiet. We'll just pacify it with something, right? And that's almost what people do with their health and fitness is they just throw a bit of money at it and hope that that just solves the problem and, and just, you know, gets them to where they want to be. And it is going to take work and you are going to have to change your mindset. And it's something that took me years to even get my head around and get to a position where I feel like I fully completely understand myself and, and kind of what I need to, to get to my goals but you do have to fall back and do the work like you have to want to make that change as well because unfortunately it's not just as simple as throwing a bit of money at it and it disappears and suddenly you're you're in shape it's one of the things that money just on its own isn't going to solve investment product just on its own isn't going to solve you know when i put makeup on i can buy a decent foundation my skin problems you know they look like they're solved because i might have i might look like i've got a bit of a clearer complexion but i take the makeup off my skin's still shit like because do you know what i mean because not everything else is is in a row and not all my ducks are in a row so what i think people need to get into a habit more of is rather than looking at weight loss or fat loss or muscle growth and thinking as you rightly said you know what product can i get what money can i throw at it because if i spend money on it i'm just going to get a result you need to th sit and think right okay i actually need to get educated on this and i need to take the time to change my mindset because there's so many people that know they should be journaling they know they should be working on a positive mindset um they know that doing that sort of stuff would help them in their life, but they don't do it because it's effort, it's ag, and they're just a little bit lazy and they've got other priorities. So I think, again, as much as these companies aren't promoting the best message either, it's also coming from a consumer perspective that we almost just want a solution like that just with one product. And people need to understand that it is going to take a bit of investment. Like it's, it's going to take a bit of time. I think that's led by as a society over the years, we've grown every, everything's about convenience. So if you, if you, if we take like the TV, for example, my grandparents had a TV where you had to like, you had to get up and walk to it and press a button to change channel or to turn it up. <laughs> and it's like, but people had these TVs and then over time people realized that you didn't have to move. If you got a long enough stick, you could press the button from your chair. And then instead of having a long stick, they brought out TVs with a remote control. So you could just press a button from your chair and do it. And now with Sky, you don't even have to press a button. You have a remote that you can talk to. You just say, no way. <laughs> oh, Netflix, Channel 4 HD, Sky Sports 1. And it just does it for you. <laughs> society we've become lazier and lazier and everything is about convenience you, you've only got to look at fast food it's gone from being like people used to have fast food as like a treat every now and then now it's like fuck mm -hmm. I can just go on an app on my phone and i can press like two buttons apple pay is already set up so i don't need to worry about my card details i can just hit go and in 20 minutes time there's going to be a bloke on a bike delivering food to my door and yet people think they can apply the same logic to reaching their goals. They're like, right, I need to lose weight. What's the best way for me to do it? I'll just, I'll get an app and I'll chuck a bit of money at it. And in five minutes time, I'll be fit. And it's like, it doesn't work like that way. It's the only investment you can throw into this that's going to accelerate results is time and effort. Yeah. 
you can throw as much money it really is and spend as much as you like on products and and what have you if you do not address the underlying issues which is you don't you don't understand enough about your nutrition in the first place you're not going to fix it just doing a herbalife because a shit pt who can't attract clients is trying to lure you into it like yeah yeah this is what you need you can go and spend 150 quid a month on products with that idiot you can sign up to become part of his business and sell it to your friends and your family but you know what if you're replacing one or two meals a day with those shakes but you're not addressing the rest of what you eat and you're still snacking too much you're still eating too many calories with the other meal a day that you're allowed you still get to the weekend and you have like a fuckload of beers followed by a takeaway and then you have a fry up the next morning because you feel shit and then you had a fry up so you can have dominoes for dinner because you can't be asked to move like if you don't address all of these things that are leading to you gaining weight you spend what you want on products it's not gonna it's yeah. gonna absolutely fuck all without the existence of a calorie deficit all of those things are shit and yeah most of them help create one but again as we said before it's at the expense of your ability to understand how to make these kind of changes long-term and how to make them sustainable and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I, th I think bringing it back to like the mental health side of things and that, that, that underlying relationship with food, if whether it's in a negative perspective in terms of overeating and, and getting to a point where you're, you're overweight or whether it's in a under eating perspective and severely restricting your calories, at the end of the day, if you're not putting the right amount of food into your body, whether it's too low or too much, it will massively impact on how you feel. Because at the end of the day, if you're not giving your body enough, you're going to become very miserable, as for the reasons why I said earlier, in terms of your body's going to have to start to downregulate stuff. It's going to have to start to switch off certain processes. It's going to have to make it, you know, it's going to have to be a bit more cutthroat in terms of what it does to keep you alive you're going to start to feel real shit. Just ask anyone mm. who's competition prep and is on like poverty calories in the two weeks before a show doing fucking two hours of cardio and weight training five days a week. They're not happy people. Like they're fucking exhausted and they're miserable. And if somebody says to them something like quite simply, Oh mate, your shoes untied. They're probably going to want to beat the fuck out of that person. Yeah. Bite and their it, head off. <laughs> and it's because, they're exhausting their body so much just like on the flip side if you're continuously putting shit food into your into your body and you're eating way too many calories and you're not moving enough you start to feel lethargic you start to feel tired you, your body again cannot cope and do the stuff it needs to because it's got too much coming in and it can't handle it you end up in a situation where you feel shit about yourself and then you have the knock-on effect in terms of you don't like what you see in the mirror you don't like how you feel and you start to feel sh like shame and you start to feel guilt about your body image like if unless you address the underlying issue which is you don't know how to how to manage your food you're never going to fix those two things and going to either extremes is absolute madness it's like we've been saying for probably the last 10, 15 years, maybe 20 years, that showing size zero models is, is unhealthy in terms of the perceptions it gives of what women should look like and what younger mm -hmm. teenage girls look up to. But on the flip side, like without touching too heavily on like the body positivity side of things, because again, probably a topic for another time, glorifying plus size people isn't also the, the way to go either because polar extremes and it, uh, 
carry just as much fucking health risk and benefit like and yeah. benefits. Like what we should be trying to help people understand is not oh you should look like this or it's okay to look like that. It should be a case of actually for optimum health for the best impact on your mental health for the best impact on the way that your body operates to keep you alive, to do the functions mm -hmm. it needs to, to reduce your risk of disease, to reduce your risk of getting fucking COVID and dying, to resist, like to improve your overall life and happiness. This is the type of nutrition you should be aiming for. And it's not a, this is a diet you should eat. And it's lots of, you know, like mostly veg or it's mostly this, or it's mostly that it's a, this is how you understand as a human being, as an individual, the amount of calories that you expend every day and therefore the amount of calories that you should be eating in line with how you want to look. And until that's addressed, there will be forever issues with people's relationship with food, people going to the extreme, making themselves feel fucking awful because they looked at a fucking bag of pasta or website. <laughs> people yeah. falling so far off the wagon because they had pasta for dinner and they're, oh shit, shouldn't have carbs. So now they've not only had pasta for dinner, but they ordered a Domino's because they felt sad. And then when they ate the Domino's, they thought you can't have pizza without ice cream. So then they ate Ben and Jerry's and then they thought, fuck, I've probably gone wrong here. So they took six weeks off and just ate themselves into a food coma. Like, until we address the knowledge gap of it's not about what's good and what's bad it's about how to eat appropriately for you for your body and for your goal we're we're, we're never gonna tackle that underlying issue so again yeah. if you're to this and you're thinking yeah i either need to drop body weight or you're thinking i want to improve my aesthetics and i want to improve my physique like the first thing you should be doing is researching how you can work out and how you can calculate both the amount of calories you burn and therefore roughly the amount of calories you need to consume to get you to where you want to be. You then probably need to do a bit of research in terms of the different types of food out there. What's more nutrient dense, what's more calorie dense so you can get a good mix. How many nutrients do you need? How many macronutrients do you need? How much protein should be, should you be getting so that you can mm -hmm. start to build a picture of what do I actually need to eat for me personally? as opposed to going, Oh, I want to get into better shape. Who's who, you know, what can I buy or what celebrities pushing what product or, or I'll go and speak to the guy at the gym that walks around the fucking Herbalife t-shirt or the badge on that says, Oh, speak to me about meal replacements. Like stop trying to think you can throw money at, at getting where, to, where you need to be and adopt an approach of trying to understand and educate yourself. And if you feel like you're not able to do that, if you're listening to this and thinking that sounds so in depth and so difficult and overwhelming, that's where professionals like myself, like summer come in, we're here to help educate you and make it as easy as possible. Because ultimately, if we can teach you everything you need to be self-sufficient over a six month window, not only are you going to get great results, you're, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're statistically very very unlikely to ever go backwards and if you do start to creep backwards you'll know how to identify it and you'll know what to do to bring yourself back in line so that you don't end up yo-yoing and forever trying all the shit fads out there to a point where you hate life and yeah 
that's the key for and me. it does it plays into so many more aspects than just like the way you look and i think people lose that when when they're looking to lose weight or looking to build muscle whatever is when you're not happy with your physique i think there are so many other aspects of your life that it will affect and like you you need to invest time to make it better i know that you know when you're not happy with your body or what you see in the mirror that then affects things like relationships your confidence like how you perform even down to things like work meetings how you present yourself to a work meeting um and i think we need to address the fact that it's not just about okay you've dropped 10 pounds you've dropped 20 pounds or whatever it's actually a feeling and it's your life and you need to maintain that quality of life and something that you're not going to get from a replacement shake or a fad diet is being able to go and have dinner with your kids or being able to go on that date you really want to go on and enjoy a bottle of wine and go and have fun for the night like you you miss out on all of this when when you put your time and energy into unsustainable things you'll think oh yeah when i lose that weight i'm gonna feel so good and i'm gonna look great which if you're doing an unsustainable way you might feel like that for a day or two but if you're tired drained exhausted can't hold a conversation with your husband or your boyfriend or or your, your colleague without biting their head off, it, you're still not going to be mentally in a good place. And I think just as much as improving your, your physical appearance, you need to put that work in and you need to educate yourself on the mindset around it. And that's something that there's a massive um, void in, in these sorts of companies and, and the MLMs is there's nothing in there about your mindset and how you should feel and how to actually improve your quality of life and, and your relationship with food. And as Paul mentioned, you know, that's where we would come in and talk you through like best practices. You touched on things like macros, energy balance, obviously to a lot of people, they're like, what the fuck is that? I've, I've never done that. That sounds really confusing, but those sorts of things are going to help you take control of your own progress and mean that, you know, you're not going to need to be in and out of diets forever. There will come a point in your life, believe it or not. And if you're an avid yo-yo dieter, you probably think it's never going to happen for you. But there will become a point in your life where you don't wake up and think, oh, I'm going to, I need to start dieting. Or, oh, I, I'm not happy with the way I look. Like, it, it happens. And there's so many people out there that aren't living like that. And that, like, every thought is consumed around food or the fact they need to lose weight. And I find it just really sad that in 2020, we're still in an era where people are still misled, confused and feel really shit because it, like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the, I, the way I view the fitness industry is that it should be like any other industry in that if you need help from that industry, you should feel like going to the professionals is going to give you the best, most accurate advice and that it should be a safe place. If we talk about the health industry in general, you know that if you go to the doctor because you have a problem that you don't understand, you can go there safe in the knowledge that that doctor is a going to be able to help you. They're going to be able to reassure you and they're going to be able to give you the correct information as to how you resolve that problem. The fitness industry should be that. It should be a safe place for everyone who's not skilled 
to with the with the correct level of knowledge to self-manage to be able to go to and get the support but unfortunately it's a bit of a cesspit full of charlatans and zealots trying to make a quick quid off of the fact that most people haven't got a clue and no. that for me is is really sad um and it's something that i'm i'm desperately trying to address myself and luckily there are other people in the industry who are um who've got massive social followings who are also on uh, the same approach and the same method but until until the industry is more regulated and stuff like fucking herbal shite is is kicked out and people realize that actually all you need to do is manage your calorie intake um more effectively it's gonna be we're gonna it's gonna be a battle and people will be sacrificing their own happiness and relationships with not just food but their relationships with their friends their family and everything Mm -hmm. by adopting unsustainable approaches and and a, a point that you really hit on that people don't understand is that you can look at a diet and you can go okay yeah i think i'm gonna do that and it'll involve eliminating something and again staying on point we go with the meal replacement shakes that involves eliminating anywhere between one to three meals a day and replacing them with effectively a drink. Now you might look at that and go, Oh yeah, I could do that for a while. Uh, that would be okay. But here's the thing. At what point does it become too much? Is it at the point where after three weeks you're like, Oh, I just don't want to eat food and you start to feel a bit frustrated. Or is it, if you stick to it long term, is it, six nine months down the line when you're you feel like aesthetically you're really close to your goal but you fucking hate your life because you haven't eaten a good meal in six or nine months and each time you try to have something different you make yourself sick because not because your body's not used to the food but because mentally you cannot cope with the stress of eating off plan and again the, the industry in general is probably partly at fault in that competitive bodybuilders and bikini models and what have you are hailed as the pinnacle of health when ultimately they eat the most unsustainable restrictive diets going and adhere Mm -hmm. to the strictest and most unsustainable training routines going so that they can look a particular way on a particular day but which obviously plays into the narrative and doesn't help but if you're an everyday person you're, and you just want to be fitter and healthier and look better naked, like why would you put yourself through a few months of absolute hell, learn nothing, end up back at square one, when mm-hmm. if you just took a little bit longer and a more sustainable approach, you could enjoy so much more. And it's, I don't just mean from a food perspective, I mean from a life perspective. You could be infinitely happier knowing that what you're doing isn't going to ruin your progress and you can still enjoy your life. You can still go to a friend's birthday party and you can still have a few drinks and you can have whatever you want to eat or when Christmas rolls around. And this was a, this was a horrible one for me on prep last year. I got Christmas day off and it was great. I ate whatever I wanted. I felt so guilty at the end of the day, the end of the day because I'd eaten so much. Um, And then I was back in the gym and back on my meal plan the following day. Like, but I was doing that because I had to get to an, a very unrealistic and very low and unsustainable body fat percentage by a particular day. The majority of people have, they have the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. 
we're talking like long term even if it takes you two years to get to your goal if you do it sustainably over a much longer period of time it will be much easier to keep hold of and you'll have enjoyed it an awful lot more than making yourself go through hell because the the hardest part and I, I never got to the point of stepping on stage but from everyone i've spoken to who's competed the hardest part is not prep it's the week away from prep, from prep when you're trying to reverse diet you're trying to get back to a level of normality and you've conditioned yourself that you cannot eat certain things you cannot have this you cannot do that and you're suddenly trying to break all of that and it becomes an even bigger battle of wits, even worse food guilt, even worse food shame, even worse depression, anxiety about eating because you've just told yourself for 20 weeks you can't have something and now you're like, well, I can. And it, it's fucking hard work. And there are people out there who are going to such extreme measures just to lose a bit of weight that once they get there, it's not just that period that you're dieting that's fucking hell it becomes the six months afterwards when you fall back into old habits and you're beating yourself up so much because you feel like you shouldn't be doing it, but you can't stop yourself because you restricted so hard the first time. And that's yeah. And usually got down to such a low weight as well. Yeah. I think you get down to a weight that genuinely is not sustainable. And then anything above that weight, you think, Oh, I'm, I'm fat like yeah. i've put on fat and and it's i've heard so many people say oh i'll be happy if i get back to whatever weight and some people refer to it you know re don't refer to a specific weight on the scales but they'll say like oh when they went to thailand i'll be happy if i get back to my thailand weight or my wedding weight or my pre-baby weight or whatever it is and it's kind of like well will you because if you adopt a really shitty method to get there and you get there really quickly what's the expense what price are you mm. going to get there? Are you actually going to enjoy it? Now, you might be happy at that weight long term if you give yourself two years to get there and you learn how to manage your food, how to adapt your training to all work in unison to get you there. And also what you'll probably find is that you realize that what you want to achieve is a particular look, an aesthetic look. A, you want to be a particular size. You want to be happy and comfortable in your own skin and that actually that could happen at a weight that's completely different to what you're aiming for. And it's all about how you look and how you feel. Um, and again, the, the, the cunts out there selling herbal <laughs> shirts who are supposed to educate people on this and manage their expectations and support them and guide them through a journey. They're not helping with this bigger picture. They're not helping to address the issues that have led to people becoming an unhealthy and unhappy body shape and size and weight all they're doing is playing into the narrative of go to the fucking extremes make every single food that isn't a, in shake form the enemy sacrifice everything to do with your happiness to get you to your goal so that you hate being there because you can't eat normally but you also can't fucking go back to eating normally because the minute you eat anything that's not in shake form you you, you worry yourself to the point where you pass out or throw up uh, yeah so yeah i think we i feel like we've probably dug into so much and um uh, in terms of today maybe we're approaching a point where it might be good just to kind of round it off um for today otherwise i think we'll probably never stop um, yeah for sure but, yeah i think so i think we've covered quite a lot of yeah and, and, and i'm glad that we have and i think for me the the key 
takeaway that I mm, take away. I want people to, um, to get <laughs> this. probably a poor choice of words. <laughs> Talking about relationships with food, and I'm like, just subtly. Nice. Um, but what I want people to really understand from this and, and get from this is that for your long term happiness and your long term relationship with food, your relationship with yourself and your own image and your own body image and your body confidence and your happiness it's not about throwing money at it it's not about buying products it's not about cutting out as much as you can short term you need to look at the bigger picture you need to educate yourself and you need to be comfortable taking a bit longer so that you can learn as you go um life's a journey at the end of the day and nobody will be perfect and get everything a hundred percent right. But if you can make your life as easy as possible, you're more likely to enjoy it. Um, you know, let's face it. It's why, it's why convenience has become a thing because people wanted to be able to travel to nice places and it not take so long so they can enjoy being there more. And it's the same thing with our, you know, our bodies and what have you. We need to find the way of making the journey more enjoyable rather than, just doing what we think is is necessary because nine times out of ten what you're told you need to do is, is bullshit and just as a bit of a shameless plug for us both now obviously if you're listening to this and thinking fuck this there's more to this than buying some products and going to the dickhead selling herbalife at the gym or the woman that keeps hounding me on instagram about arbon or getting fucking juice plus um yeah there is more to it and if you feel like you're in over your head and you're, this is overwhelming. This is where you reach out to us because as professionals, Summer and I are not here to sell you products. We're here to coach and educate and we will, we will get you to your goal and we will make sure that by the time you get there, you have all the knowledge, all the understanding and all the confidence to apply what we told you to stay there long-term. So reach out to us. I'm poorandrews.fitness on Instagram. Summer is at summer training and yeah, if I can reach out to us, let us help you. It's what we're here for. We're not going to sell you some shit products so you can rest assured that you're not going to spunk a load of money up the wall on. on <laughs> for sure. And if, and if anyone does approach you on Instagram or any other social media platform to buy or invest or become a rep for any of these companies, just politely tell them to fuck off because honestly, it's a daily occurrence. It's a daily occurrence. Absolutely. But I, no. I said it before and I'll, I'll reiterate it now. If you went to the doctor and he said in order to treat you for whatever condition you've got, you need to buy into his business, uh, you, you'd walk out and be like, you're not a fucking doctor. You're a con artist. And it's the same with your health and your fitness. If, if you go to a professional and their goal is to, get, is to recruit you into their, their business, they're, they're not interested in helping you with your health and your fitness. They just want your money and to grow their business. The number one focus of anyone in the health and fitness industry should be helping their clients reach their goals and teaching them how to stay there. Anything other than that, and they're a cunt and you can tell them where to go or send them to me and I'll tell them they're a cunt and where to go as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Well, I think... Um, I think we'll round it off there for today. I think it's been a really good one. As I said, we're, this is a bit of an underlying theme in terms of dispelling myths. So obviously on the, the coming podcast, we'll be picking other subjects similar to this and really trying to dig into them. Um, if you've got questions, if you've got things you want us to cover on upcoming 
uh, podcast as well. Reach out, do message us, ask questions, and we'll incorporate it. Um, but uh, as for, for now, from me, from Summer, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you found it useful, and we will speak to you very soon. Yeah, see you soon.